0: Steve Zinsmeister,
1: Arizona Sports Saturday.
2: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: Well, we gave Mitch the day off. Uh, Eric Ruby is in for him. Steve Zinsmeister here with you as well on Arizona Sports Saturday. Game one, Suns versus Nuggets in Denver. That starts today. And our Suns guru for Arizona sports, Kellen Olson, joins us live from Denver. Hello, Kellen. How are you?
0: Hey, guys. Doing well.
1: How is Denver? Is it is it cold there?
0: Yeah, it's cold for us, which is great <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's it's always alarming when you exit the airport and it just feels like you're in a completely different world. And I think it was like, It's been like 50, 60 degrees, which I'm not complaining. It's it's awesome.
1: It's one of the rare places where I I, I spent part of my childhood in Colorado Springs and I spent a lot of time in Denver as well. It's one of the rare places where you have to adjust to the actual environment before you're able to do some sort of significant uh, exertion of energy. How have the suns been acclimating to their environment so far?
0: Yeah, they've been acclimating well. Uh, they got here probably a day earlier than expected, which is good news for them, and there's a reason why they got here a day earlier. No one ever, I think, comes in here and underestimates the effect of altitude. Uh, but at the same time, the Suns didn't really have a problem with it two years ago, and that was under similar coaching staff. There's a couple of returning players, and I, I think that around playoff time especially is when the altitude doesn't really become much of a factor because you're playing a series, you're, you're getting more used to it. It's those second games of a back-to-back when you go from playing in L.A. to playing in Denver on that second night. But those are the times when it really hurts you in, in this setting. But from from this viewpoint, I think they're fine and they're acclimating fine.
2: A lot of people for this series, Kellen, are looking at DeAndre Ayton and Nikola Jokic or Devin Booker and Jamal Murray. But if we take a more niche look and maybe towards the bench, who on the Suns are you looking at as an X factor in the sense they could break out and they hadn't before?
0: I think that it's Damian Lee because we've been at this position now with Landry Shammett, where the appeal in his game is very clear and it's very obvious what he's supposed to bring. Just being someone who can bring a little bit of ball handling, he's a really good shooter, and then he can defend. He can defend on the ball as well. And, and that was part of the reason why the Suns gave him that contract extension right away. But for the most part here over these two years, he is – um, not only been unable to make a consistent impact, but he's struggled uh, more often than not. And then in that Clipper series, it felt like after Damian Lee played well in L.A. in game three and four and then overtook Shamit for those minutes in the second half that we were going to see him a lot more in game five. But Shamit, again, was one of the first guys to come in in game five. So it's my way of answering Landry Shamit, but saying someone else, and that someone else very well could be campaign in this series as well, but something to keep an eye on with Denver specifically, is that they don't necessarily play a traditional point guard off the bench. They do have Reggie Jackson, but he didn't play for them last series. They have Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, and Jeff Green that they bring off of the bench. So someone like Payne, who's a bit smaller, might not make the cut necessarily. And it could be, again, why we see Shaman just because of the size that he has at 6'5", and being able to defend a bit. But I do think that Damian Lee, at at a certain point, you've got to look past uh, adjusting for the opponent and just looking at maximizing what you do as a team. And, like, yes, Damian Lee is the worst defender of the two, but having that type of shooter out there, one of the best three-point shooters in the league this year, out there with Durant or Booker or Paul or Aiden is a huge benefit for them, and I think that they should look to play him more, and I'm interested to see if they do.
2: Are you worried about the rotation still?
0: I'm not worried about it. Just I'm, I, I would say that it's something that should be solved by now. It should just have a core eight, nine, ten guys, and I understand The benefit that the Suns have in terms of all of these guys that are around the same kind of caliber and being able to choose between three or four of them right now, and, and that's proven to be difficult. But you look at Denver... This is like the wrong series for it to be happening, just because Denver has their three guys, and, and they'll mix in DeAndre Jordan very sporadically. They'll mix in Reggie Jackson very sporadically. Perhaps this is a this is like a different kind of series where we see one of those two guys more often. But I, I don't think it's as much of a problem as much as it is an advantage for Denver in the series.
1: We're talking with Kellen Olson, our son's guru for Arizona sports. And, Kellen, uh, when you play a team that has one player like Jokic, who is clearly far and away their best player, he's a two-time MVP, uh, when you play a guy of that caliber, is it as simple as if you shut him down, you win the series? Is it that easy?
0: I don't think it's that easy because you think about shutting someone down and you think about double teams, but you should not double Jokic. The best way to beat Jokic is to let him score, and and not let him score, of course, but let him beat you as a scorer because if you double him or if you put him in situations where he can beat you as a passer. He's going to make it every time, and what Denver has been able to do over the last two years, and the biggest difference between this series and the one two years ago is the supporting cast that he has around him. He has Jamal Murray. He has Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who's a really good three-point shooter. Michael Porter Jr., we know what he is. Aaron Gordon was looking like an all-star heading into the all-star break, and then those guys I've mentioned off the bench have been very capable as well. There's really no one that There's going to be guys you want to play out more than others, but if you put Jokic in a passing situation, he's going to pass to someone who's going to be able to make a play in that position to beat you. So I I do think it does come down to that, but at the same time, they do have a capable supporting cast, and I think that on any given night, Murray, Porter, or Gordon can be a good enough number two for them to win this series. I think that the gap just speaks to more so how Jokic is one of the five best players in the world right now and that the Nuggets don't really have a clear-cut all-star at this time. But that is Jamal Murray in the playoffs, and I think that what he's shown for being an elite playoff performer so far is going to come to fruition in this series again, and the Suns have to be ready for it.
2: As great as Jokic is, there's a lot of questions about him on the defensive end. Do you think that's something the Suns will be able to exploit, even though they don't drive to the paint as much as other teams?
0: I, I think so. Jokic is a solid defender. I think that that's the... The the trouble with him is that he's not a bad defender, but he's just not a good defender either. And typically how Denver plays with him in ball screen situations is that they have Jokic come to the level of the screen, meaning he's going to cut off the ball handler and force them to go somewhere else, and then they'll rotate on the back end from there. Uh, The the problem is Denver tried to do that a lot two years ago, and it did not go well for them. Their rotations were not sound enough, and then more so. Jokic recovering back in those situations. He got caught in some spaces, and then it just wore him out as well. So I'm curious to see if they try that a bit more in this series. But the, the bottom line is that their ball screen offense is, is a ball screen offense. And DeAndre is the one setting the screen. So Jokic is going to be put to work regardless. If there's anyone for them to target, it's going to be Michael Porter jr. Again, he has improved. Like he was, he was a horrible defender two years ago. And now he is, I don't want to say serviceable, but he's like respectively below average now, but that's still not good enough. And, and Chris Paul and Booker, especially are going to look to pick on him as much as possible. I think that KD. Being, using him as a screener more is going to be something that they look into as well to exploit Porter, and I think that it's going to be more about who else they attack as, as opposed to Jokic.
1: Our Suns guru, Kellen Olsen, is live from Denver leading up to Game 1 of this important series, the second round Suns versus Nuggets. Uh, this would be the first time that the Suns get to Prove that they can do it while their opponent is at full strength since really the COVID bubble. We, we talk about two years ago, they played a lot of these same teams, the Clippers without Kawhi and Paul George. They played the Nuggets without Jamal Murray. They played the Lakers without Anthony Davis for part of this series. Uh, last year, Zion not on the Pelicans. This year, Kawhi and Paul George, again, not on the Clippers. Is this a narrative that the Suns players and coaching staff that they are aware of that they talk about?
0: Uh, I don't think they care. I don't think they care at all. I'm not one to go into the head, try to try and go into the heads of the players and the coaches and, and, and describe how I think that they're feeling. I, I get that I'm around them a lot, but at the same time, I, I think that's kind of irresponsible just to try and picture exactly what they're thinking. But from what they've told us and, and the little that has come up, like it's it's not what they're focused on. They're not focused on any sort of one of the bigger one of the the bigger narrative coming into this series is just how easy it was for the Suns to beat this team two years ago. And how this could be a revenge series of sorts for Denver. And Monty was asked about that yesterday, and he was just like taken aback by such a narrative-based question, and was just like, "Like that's not what we focus on around here at all. Like nothing like that at all." Uh, there are times that they're aware of things like this that are being talked about all the time leading up to a game or, or a series, but. I don't think that this is one of them specifically.
2: In round one, we saw Devin Booker take the series by the reins. And not that Kevin Durant wasn't making his impact known. He was almost averaging 30 very casually. But it was Devin Booker's show to run. Do you see that being the case for the entire playoffs? Or are teams going to make a switch that maybe KD becomes, in essence, the Batman to the Robin at that point?
0: I just think that it's the way that the series went, and it's just going to well, like It's it's just going to change on a game-to-game basis, and the the bottom line is that while Durant was really, really good still, they weren't able to get him in the rotation as consistently in terms of getting him on the ball in the situations where they want him to and getting him involved in the play, and it just wound up having to be Booker more often than not in the last series, and I think that the matchup's kind of dictated to that, too. Because LA's physicality, it was firmly a game plan centered around Durant and just beating him up as much as possible, getting him off the ball and stuff like that. And Denver is not as physical of a team as the Clippers. They don't have as many, like they're not able to switch through eight or nine defenses in one half of basketball in, in the way that LA was able to. Like no other team is really going to be able to do that. So I do think that with what Durant had to deal with and what the Suns had to deal with and implementing him still and getting used to him being around there, I think that the the series going forward are going to be easier for him specifically. So I do think it's going to change by the series. And and basically what I'm getting at here is that I think Durant is going to have like a monster series. I think that he's really going to be whatever, but the Batman Robin thing, I think he's going to be the Batman in the series. And I think they need him to be, because if they ask Booker to carry them for two straight uh, series, and then they somehow get by the nuggets still, he there's no way he's not worn out by, by the end run of that. And then that's where you run into trouble again. So uh, they can't let that happen. They got to get Durant going a bit more.
1: All right, Kellen, thanks for the insights. Enjoy game one of this series, and we'll talk to you soon, all right? Yep, thanks, guys. All right, Kellen Olson, our son's guru at Arizona Sports, live from Denver leading up to game one tonight. Uh, I love what he said right there at the end. I think it fully encapsulates a lot of how I feel about this series is that you've relied so much upon the top end of the roster, Booker, Durant, on some level, Aiton and Paul as well, and if they continue to ride Devin Booker like this, it'll be, it'll be legendary. It, it, on that one front, it will be unbelievable to witness, but it also makes you wonder about what they'll have left in the tank going forward.
2: And if there's any time to do it with Book, it's now. He's 26. He's entering his prime. Yeah. And you do have Durant there waiting in the wing. So if it's on Booker to take over until Durant's a little bit more settled, then you're looking at a Kevin Durant third round finals time for him to step up and that's why you trade for him so it could all work out in the long run anyway